Welcome to the Snowball Effect, hosted by Martin Snow, a very Brandon episode with guest Brandon Reed. We have Brandon Reed here. I'm back. On the, for the, I think this is episode five. <laughs> yeah, it's episode two for me, you know, so hey. So we're, uh, I'm very excited to do another one. I'm going to try to keep doing more, more frequently. But I did want to change format a little bit. I know uh, the format keeps changing a little bit each time. But I wanted to, I like the one-on-one a little more. So I wanted to just talk with Brandon. I didn't I didn't feel like I got to talk to him much on the last podcast. It was, it was a, a little congested. And it, was, and it got a little political. It got a little. Yeah, that's um, not my lane. I don't like that. I think there's enough political shows out there talking about politics and COVID and all those types of things. I agree. Um, I just wanted to talk to Brandon <laughs> this time. Okay. Is that so, what the segment's called? Talk yeah, to so Brandon. Thank you for coming in, Brandon. Hey, it's I, my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate it. Um, we just had discussions about audio stuff and, um, yeah, Brandon's get, getting uh, his own studio, I think, uh, set up at his house here. Right. So. But I'm loving this studio, so I'm just really on hold at the house. I'm just yeah. rather, I'd rather come here and record well, with you. So well, you're always welcome to come by. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, and it's nice you you're pretty close by. A lot of my friends are pretty far away, mm. so it's hard, yeah. a little harder to talk to them. I need to get some more variety of guests in here. But <laughs> no, I hear you. This works. This works. So, anyways, um, yeah. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about. I, d- I don't know you very much. You're you you know, possibly going to be a a, a a married into relative in the future, right? <laughs> Are we still considered brother-in-laws? How does that work? <laughs> uh, I think that would be yeah. If I marry Sarah, it would be, I think that would be brother-in-law. Yeah, but yeah, because sister's my uh, yeah. sister's my Sada's my sister-in-law, so you would be my brother-in-law. Yeah, because yeah. it's like a married into kind of yeah. That would be brother-in-law. That's that's cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is this is gonna be awesome. I feel like today really gives me an opportunity to kind of you know go one-on-one with you, kind of give you just a little bit more insight on you know who I am. Uh, who is this brand? Yeah, who is this guy? Right? <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about him. But um, it's not. I mean, there's a lot, but it's not so much. But um, started off in Hercules, uh, was born and raised out there. I was born in San Francisco, raised in Hercules, but, um, yeah, I'm the when oldest. When did you move to Hercules? When I was born. So, oh, right, when you were yeah, born. Yeah, the okay. hospital was in San Francisco, and that was pretty much all the time I spent in San Francisco. And then I, the house was in Hercules, but my parents both worked in San Francisco, so I was always going to the city to, you know, go to my grandparents' house during the day for daycare, or not daycare, well, you know, just to be in the city. Um, and then my parents would just bring me home uh, after work. But, yeah. It was a different city back then. It definitely was. But I felt like I loved it because I had so many cousins that were my age. And mm-hmm. at that time, I was the only child. So I was looking forward to, you know, going to hang out with my cousins and stuff like that. So um, it was it was awesome. It was really, really um, – I don't feel as though I really understood the San Francisco vibe at that time. Yeah. Like, you know, the city vibe that, you know, people thrive and like, like live for now. I was just a kid. So yeah. I just wanted to play. I didn't care where we played. I just wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then 
on the flip side, my mom's from Texas, so country, mm-hmm. and it like you know, you got the the city side of my on my dad's side. That's and something then, I did not know. Texas. Yeah, I, Texas. That, that, that actually surprises me. And I'm talking about like the sticks, like the almost the, like the swamp, the bayou part of Texas. So. Mm. We would always go out. I wouldn't say like always. eastern, uh, eastern Texas. Yeah, eastern, almost Louisiana. So okay. my mom's from Port Arthur, Texas, which is like right at the Gulf of Mexico, close to the border of uh, Louisiana. Oh. And we would go out there during the summertime while I was out of school. And um, my grandparents had a farm, and they had all types of livestock, like pigs, cows, you know, ducks, everything you could think of and name of. I mean, they would you know, sell them to, you know, the people for slaughter and all that stuff. But they had all the animals and I got to play with the animals. So I got to get the country vibe, you know, when I would go out there for, um, you know, the summertime and things like that, hang out with my Texas cousins and things. And then I would still get the city vibe when I was back home. So it was awesome. And I feel like that kind of shaped where I wanted to live as an adult, because I feel like Oakley is cool in the fact that it's kind of, well, when I first moved there, it was kind of out there, you know, in the country. Um, you know, I had a lot of, you know, open area, open land and things like that. No large buildings. Everything was flat. And then it was still close enough to San Francisco, Oakland, parts of the Bay Area. So I really felt like, hey, this is a place that kind of, you know, encompassed, you know, my life. Because I came from, you know, both sides, seeing both sides. So that's kind of really what you know, kind of shaped, you know, who I am as as an individual today. Definitely, you know, the both sides of San Francisco and, and Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Oakley's, I would say, is a suburb, right? It's considered a suburb, but I feel like they also have like I have a couple of neighbors that actually have horses and they actually, like you know, walk their horses down the street. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't see horses, you know, in San Francisco oh, unless yeah, it was the never. police horse, you know. So like other than that. It really, I didn't get to see that. And I have now, like, I don't really care for having, like, that many type of, you know, livestock, animals and stuff like that. But the fact that I could take, you know, Liza down to the farm, which is 10 minutes from my house, and she can go see all the all the livestock, all the animals up close. That's really cool because, you know, not everyone has that opportunity to where they can just go 10 yeah. minutes away and, and see. And honestly, I think children need to need to see that honestly i I think it's kind of weird i some maybe some people may think it's kind of weird but i always have this belief that like you know kids that grow up on a farm and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they see like things like sex yeah like they see exactly what happened like in nature right they'll see like you know horses mating or or whatever i actually never saw that when i was on the farm well i'm just saying like you know they're exposed to to death Oh yeah, they're exposed to, to sex. My grandmother slaughtered chickens. To, you know, disease. You know, they're exposed to uh, nature. They're exposed to all these things that are all the like natural things right. that that you see. That are, like I think city kids live in this in this bubble. Correct. That, that and they're not exposed to that, and they freak out when they see it. And yeah. They, and they're they're weird about it when they when they do see they get weird about sex. They get weird about death. You yeah. Know, they get weird. To like farm kids, it's like you know, it's nothing. Death, yeah. d- life, and I death used to hunt. Is, you know what I mean? It's yeah. no big deal. Yeah, and hunting's no big deal, right? But they get when you're in the city, you get hypersensitive to like people, sh- people uh, putting 
uh, pictures of uh, on social media of, of you know animals they've killed and people flip out you know right and stuff like that i always think like oh it, that's got to be some city kid you gotta you, be you know yeah and, and that's it, the thing i feel like in the country i feel like you need a mix of both because i feel like i'm not going to say and i hate I, I would hate for anyone to think or take this the wrong way but i feel like when you're in the city you you learn at a at a faster pace i feel like if you put a city person with a, a country person, the city person would might be able to outthink or take advantage of a, a country individual due to the fact that, you know, in the city, there's so much, so much happening, so much mm -hmm. going on. You're exposed to more as yeah. opposed to when you're in the country, you kind of just know your more, farm. A lot more hustling, a lot more you like know what I mean? lying and, yeah. and cheating. Yeah. That's the city life. That's the city way. Yeah. But I feel like when you're in the country, you have morals, you have values, you know your your neighbors and things like that. And in the city, it's, it's different. So I, I I do feel like I have a an advantage of, you know, having both, you know, the street smart plus also mm -hmm. the, um, you know, the Southern comfort, I guess you would call it <laughs> or, uh, you know, whatever. And I feel like people need that. People need that live in the city. They need to go camping like absolutely that is something that is almost should be mandated or required for individuals who live in the city to actually get out in the wilderness mm -hmm. see what the stars look like you can't see the stars when you're you know got all these city streets and street lights and things like that or just silence in silence right yeah I, I i love like going out so far yeah into you know like in the hills and stuff where you just you can't hear a car you can hear your heartbeat <laughs> yeah or or if you do hear a car it's like oh my god there's a car right you like, know like like three hear? miles away i can hear a car you know mm -hmm. but i i do i do really love that and it's hard to it's hard to find places like that i think and then even the fact that i didn't realize that but you can see the night sky so much clearer mm -hmm. when you're in an area that doesn't have city city lights street lights and things like that because oh, yeah that actually reflects or something i don't know but it reflects off the atmosphere yeah it does yeah. and you can't really see through the atmosphere because of that reflection and you can't really see the night sky so mm -hmm. it's pretty dope when you get to go out there and or see. or when like, you're yeah. just at higher altitude there's less atmosphere between mm -hmm. you and the stars anyway so right so they're clear but yeah. yeah you know what else i i this makes me think of is is uh you know i i uh i'm a car and bike enthusiast motorcycle enthusiast absolutely and stuff like that but I always see people in the city in these really, you know, like muscle cars or whatever, and they're driving like maniacs mm -hmm. in the city. Yeah. And I always, and they get, and then they're like, "Oh, I got a ticket." Uh, it's like, it's like, dude, you're driving downtown doing like triple, right. triple the speed limit. Yeah. And, and it's like, uh, you know, the kids don't have anywhere. It's kids in the city or or whatever, young guy, young adults. They don't have anywhere to go, like, kind of have fun. Yeah. Like in a car, like. Yeah. Like uh, when I used to live up in uh, Butte County, mm -hmm. um, we would take our motorcycles out in the like mountain roads and stuff. Okay, and it's just like open. You right. can do whatever you want out there. Wow, you know, like you could go out or you could go out in the orchards and you know, like there's there's no one out there. Yep, you, there's you're not really if you hurt anyone, it's just gonna be yourself. True, you, you know, and it's and there's no cops out there. There's yep. there's just a time and a place for it, and the city kids never. Get never get that. the time yeah. or place for it you know the the country kids they know that like hey i shouldn't be doing this downtown you let know, me go down to my yeah. my friend's house who's I, got 17 acres and we can go race down there yeah 
or when I used to ride with my buddies, we'd go out in like the orchards and out in the hills and stuff. But mm-hmm. when we saw another car, we'd all slow down. Right. Like, and then as soon as there was no cars Back or whatever, fun again. yeah, we'd be doing wheelies and, Game on. and, and <laughs> racing and doing all sorts of stuff. But it's like, you know, it's just us. It's those other cars that are going to hurt you right. and, and get you in an accident. And it's the, and it, and I think part of it was like, oh, that could be a cop. Those headlights, yeah. those headlights out there could be a cop. You know, a Crown Vic. <laughs> yeah, and we're doing, you know, we got sport bikes and stuff, or you know, or attract a lot of attention. So yeah, but yeah, I, I, I actually really miss living up in the hills. We used to do the same thing. So, um, I had a couple of, it was a couple of car, car crews and you know things that I used to be a part of back in the day. And in Byron, they actually have, um, a street that is just out from the sticks, you know, but it's known for everyone to just go drag race right there mm-hmm. because it's a smooth quarter mile straight. It's in the middle of nowhere. Like every once in a while, you'll see cows come over to watch people drag race and shit. It's, it's crazy. It's in the middle of nowhere. Cops never show up. So you'll have like 30, 40 cars out there just drag racing for hours. Yeah. No problems, no nothing. And everybody has a mutual respect. They're just out there to have fun and they're being safe. You know, it's, I just, I feel like there's a time and a place for everything. And I feel like the people that are in the city, they have that desire because, yeah, they see this stuff on the internet. It gets in their head. They're like, yeah, I got the car. I want to do that. But they have mm-hmm. nowhere to go. They don't know yeah. where to go. So they got to go very far to, to be able right. to do And it. it's like, man, I'm not about to drive, you know, 30 miles to go, you know, do a quick drag race real yeah. quick or do a couple of donuts. I could do that down the street real quick. And, yeah. you know, hopefully I don't hit nobody. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I I do find. Uh, I know we were we weren't gonna get too much into uh, like pol- political or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is political, but um, like uh, around here. So the other day I got pulled over. Okay. Cause I and and it was just like some stupid little thing that I did, you know. But I went to the I went to turn around. All right. Cause I was I wanted to park on one side of the street, and and then I ended up I was like, oh, I gotta park on the other side, I guess, cause they're moving. So I went down to the end of the street mm-hmm. and I pulled my e-brake and I did like a little 180, right? Like a little skid <laughs> thing. Of course there was a cop there. There's never a cop there. I've never done anything like this before in my on the street. And he pulls me over and he called it a donut. It's, it's not a donut. It's a front wheel drive car. It doesn't do donuts. Wow. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm supposed to throw everyone in, in jail that's doing like sideshow activities and, and donuts and stuff. And I'm wow. kind of just thinking, A, that was not a donut. <laughs> There was not a sideshow, like like you know. But the sideshow guys, they ruin it for everybody. They do. They ruin it for everybody. They do. And um, you know, they had a new exhaust law in California starting in twenty. Uh, I think it started in twenty twenty, if not twenty nineteen. I think it was twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, uh, if you have loud exhaust now, it's no longer a fix it ticket. If you get a ticket, you pay the fine and you fix it. So you can't fix it, oh. and then the fine goes away. Oh, okay. And it, and on top of that, you have to go take it to the state, state rep Ooh, and get it wee. and get it uh, your whole engine and everything inspected. Wow. To make sure it's not like a race engine or or you know illegally it's modified. Street legal, or yeah. Yeah. So uh, California and, and their laws, man. And this it's getting whole political. thing <laughs> was designed to to stop sideshows. Which makes no sense to you me. You don't need an exhaust to have a sideshow. I was gonna say all the side the sideshows are just all you're gonna hear is the tires squealing yeah. for the exhaust. Like exactly. Like and you, you can, can do you, donuts in stock exhaust. Oh yeah, yeah. 
That, I, did, I pulled the e-brake with stock exhaust. Yeah. Over there. <laughs> and I then, did a donut, according to the, to, to the uh, <laughs> cop. I thought that was kind of funny because the cop was – but he was really nice. And, like, you know, and I, and I see a – I don't want to get into the politics. I wonder if stuff, the state but, yeah. ref would have an issue with like electronic like cutout valves for your exhaust. I had one of those on my truck, and uh, well, I never got pulled over, or you know, I, I guess I don't really have any experience with that. But I did mm -hmm. have one. I loved it. I thought that was the coolest thing. The ever. best thing ever is like, look, yeah. I can have you know yeah. this silent, quiet exhaust that my well, car came with, or let the balls hang yeah. out. You know. Well, I lived in a nice, quiet neighborhood um, for a while with it, and. Uh, I would start up my truck in the Cold morning start. at like at like five or six in the morning, you know, <laughs> and go to work like every morning. Mm -hmm. Be nice and quiet or whatever. As soon as I get on the highway, just flip the switch oh, and it's and, you know I got the nice loud exhaust or whatever. And um, or if I'm on a long road trip, I don't want the loud. The drone, exhaust. yeah, that yeah. drone, yeah, it's horrible. So I would just turn it off. I loved that thing. I'm, I want to do it on my my car. Actually, you know what I want? I want uh. Because uh, I commute on this uh, pretty hairy road, and okay. people are always—it's um, just a two-lane road, and people are always doing really dangerous passes. Oh, really dangerous passes! Um, you know, almost getting into head-ons like on a daily basis. And you take your bike on this road too, right? Or you so yeah, okay. I do. But I want to put an air horn on my like a, a train Holy horn, a train horn on my Mini Cooper <laughs> because uh, it's so small. <laughs> so when these guys like pass me though, like it's like when I honk the horn, I really honk my fucking horn at them, you know, like fuck you guys. Like, no, I have a. Actually, I'm gonna start. I actually on my uh, on the snowball, uh, snowball effect uh, website on Facebook. I think I put it up on Instagram too. But I haven't been actually putting up a couple videos of like bad drivers that I've experienced because I got a front and rear facing oh, camera snap. now. Oh snap! Okay. So I'm going to start putting up more. I'm going to start doing like compilations of them. But these guys are doing pat like really dangerous passing and tailgating and stuff yeah. all the time. And I just find it funny that like I got a second camera just so I could because the, the, back, guy, the guys get behind tailgate you. me right. all the time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, and then you can see what's in front. That, you can see what's in front and then you just see the car go from right behind you yeah. around to pass. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd see both sides of it or whatever. Wow. But these these guys are, some guys are crazy. And I have to say, there's someone asked me this the other day. I said, "What's what's the craziest drivers you see all the time on the road, dude? White work trucks. Uh. I don't know what it is about the white work trucks. Those guys drive like." freaking maniacs like do they have like the biz like the name of the business on the side of the truck or oh, is yeah, it just like a time oh, okay because yeah. sometimes they just have like the all white truck and it'll have like some numbers on the back you know no it's just well sometimes yeah. i mean it, it, yeah and then uh i go by discovery bay okay so yeah. there's a lot of like really affluent um mm -hmm. soccer moms that drive <laughs> They drive like Escalades, big, big SUVs. It's always like the the V8, you know, uh, land, land uh, forerunners oh, yeah. and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You know, Lexus, big. Uh, and the, those ladies drive like maniacs. Holy they, sucks. they, that. I'd say the those are the two biggest groups: the white work trucks and the and the soccer moms. The affluent soccer moms. Yeah, the affluent soccer moms. <laughs> Actually, when I ride my bike, there's this guy in a. Uh, challenger mm -hmm. i can pass at will on my bike like, right it's a, it's a sport bike like i can pass like really easily and uh this guy on this challenger he always drives like a maniac for for like many months i've seen him and he passes me doing like hell fast you know just all the time or whatever but i love it when i'm on my bike because i could just i just pass by him and i always like wave to him 
because he's trying so hard and i just effortlessly like do Goodbye. it you know like i don't even like downshift and, wow. and then i'll get to the stoplight and i'll just cut in front of him sometimes you know uh-huh. i'll catch him at a stoplight or something and i'll just cut in front of him and i'll be like wave. i'll wave to him <laughs> just uh I'm assuming he's just fuming in his car, like, you know. Yeah, getting getting 12 miles to the gallon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I, one thing I do like about that bike. Well, it's funny. My Mini Cooper gets better gas mileage than my bike does. Damn. But I ride my bike like I stole it. So and how, the Mini Cooper, I drive like a little old lady. How so. big is the motor in the Mini Cooper? Like a 1.5? or 1.6. 1.6. Wow. Yeah. Oh, did you get a new car last weekend? Uh, Yeah. So, Lorena got a new car. Uh, Her Jeep. Wow. The Jeep story. So... We've had the Jeep uh, since it had about 80,000 miles on it, and um, it's been fine. No issues with the Jeep, but all of a sudden, it must have ran out of oil or had an oil leak, but rod knock, and mm. I guess the bearings um, ran out of oil. The crank bearing? Yeah, crank bearing. Next uh, thing you know, she calls me. It's like, yeah, the Jeep's making this weird noise. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take a look at it, fire it up. Click, 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 click. I'm like, oh, shoot. Done. So, yeah, we got a um, 2020 Hyundai Santa Fe. Um, she loves it. It's got plenty of space for... Hyundai, you're welcome to send free cars. To the right, exactly. Send them. <laughs> we'll test them for you. Um, yeah, so it's plenty of room for our huge fam- family of three. And, um, yeah, she she's happy. She, You know... I'm happy. We got to just find a way to get rid of this Jeep now. Mm-hmm. Anybody looking to buy a 2012 Jeep with a blown engine? A blown engine? <laughs> <laughs> it's four wheel drive though, so hey, uh, you know that counts for something. <laughs> it's, it's crazy right now. There's nothing on Craigslist. There's well, I don't You're know. Right. I don't know about. I know cars are kind of, but bikes. There's nothing on with for bikes. And okay. The bikes that are out there are like clapped out garbage. Or they're freaking way overpriced. I'm waiting for my pink slip for my bike so I can like put it put it up for sale and, yeah. and get more than it's worth. Honestly. Wow. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Everything is super inflated right now. Oh. Price I, of housing is I going up. I can go up. like a year without a bike if I make like a couple grand. Oh yeah. See. Like I got no problem with that. Absolutely. I'll go buy another <laughs> bike in a couple of years or so. Yeah, I need that air horn for my Mini Cooper. So. <laughs> So how does that work? Is that going to use an air compressor? To yeah, use the air compressor as a little tank. Okay. And then it's just like a truck. Boom. Wow. Well, it's got a, a button or a switch or something yeah. or whatever. It's only like 100 bucks. Damn. That's I mean, crazy. I got to install it. You got to put in the airline. Would you put the... it underneath? Like, would it be uh, underneath the car? Yeah. Or would oh, you I took put out my spare top? tire. So uh, I could just put it where the spare tire was. Okay, so in the back? I kind of think I want my spare tire back, though. That's kind of a good idea. It is, unless you have AAA. Yeah, but I do have AAA. Yeah, you're good then. Mm. Or run flats. Run flats are terrible. Really? Yeah. So um, I I go on the Mini Cooper like groups or whatever, and a lot of them came with run flats. Okay. And no spare tire, and everyone's like, "Oh, my run flats are worn out. What should I get?" They're like, "Get rid of the fucking run flats." Everyone that changes over to regular tires, yeah, say it runs it rides a hundred percent nicer. Well, yeah, of course, because you don't have that. Well, what is it? Carbon fiber. They have like stiff sidewalls. Kevlar, wall. yeah. Yeah, so the si- sidewall doesn't flex, which makes them very oh. stiff and, and rough riding, mm-hmm. is my understanding of it. Yeah, my dad's car, uh, he's a Corvette, and they came with run flats. But I think there's a new, um, because I, be, I guess in the beginning, they used to put metal or steel in the actual tire on the sidewall to mm-hmm. allow it to you know do the 55 miles an hour. 
but they switched over to something like either Kevlar or carbon fiber that's a lot softer and it's supposed to be that much you know more quieter but it's never going to be as soft and as quiet as a actual you yeah, know I've regular tire standard tires there I'm I'm looking for the airless one. Have you seen the airless ones with the little holes drilled in them? Well, it's it's just like it, like a it, honeycomb shape. Yeah, yeah. It has no, that it has. has no, like yeah. Those look really cool. They do. You can get them right now on tractors. I think I've seen them yeah, on tractors and ATVs and, and stuff like that. You can yeah. get them. Yeah, but they're um, I forget. I think Michelin was making them or something. Mm-hmm. But those look really cool. And really I think they're made out of recycled old tires. That you recycle oh, a lot, old a lot tires. Of new tires too. are. I know a lot of the truck tires are recycled, but um, I, well, they just retread the truck, the like the big rig tires. Really? They retread them, yeah. I actually saw somebody. But you can get, get them new or retreaded. Oh, I seen someone who actually had retreaded like tires on a car, and it looked like someone just came through with a Dremel and like just gouged up the oh, tire that's, that's dangerous actually they, yeah, they sell those on like craigslist and like, stuff like hell? that where, where people they just take like this uh cutter thing uh-huh and they'll just like spin the tire and they'll cut like new, new grooves. grooves i'm like bro you're a, bald in a, in a worn tire that's bald so they're basically cut it, that's so dangerous super dangerous i'm like yeah. what the what was the point you should have just got some new tires at yeah. this point you know yeah and to put all the effort just to like rip someone off and put their life yeah in, i i don't like that's you that's, got some may pops you got now. some shady people out there i don't right like, yeah. yeah watch yourself on craigslist people um but back to you yeah back so to you. back to me um Okay, yeah, actually, you know what? I feel like I have changed a lot over each decade. I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and um, I kind of... So, so what were you like in high school? Were you like skater punk? Were so, you like a, a, con- a country western guy? Like, I don't see you as a country western guy. But. I was everything. <laughs> so I was I was the type of person that... Um, were you popular? Were you a nerd? I wasn't I wasn't popular like let's say hey okay I wasn't popular to the aspect of like everybody um you know wanted to take pictures with me type stuff you know you weren't the, the quarterback with yeah, the with the cheerleader far girlfriend. from that yeah. but I knew everybody yeah so like I was I was cool with every clique yeah. so you know during lunch and stuff I mostly hung out with um you know a, a group of guys but during any given day I could be hanging out with somebody else or, you know, going somewhere with somebody. So I was always, you know, just bouncing around, you know, from people, you know, from group to group. Yeah, you seem like a guy that, that would, you know, you're very, you're easy to get along with. You're, and that's the really thing. Are. And I felt like this was an, another thing, too, is that my parents were so, and I, I, I'll use the word strict because, I mean, that's the only really real way to describe it for you to understand. But um, they were strict, and I felt like, they kind of shaped who I hung out with as well, too, because I always, for school purposes, like, you know, I had to get, you know, X amount of, uh, you know, this grade or, you know, I couldn't, you know, do this and that and the other. So I would hang out with, you know, some of the, you know, the nerdier groups, per se, you know, per se or whatnot. And I was cool with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, um, I wasn't going to like, keep them from getting beat up or bullied and stuff like that but you know we had i was cool you know we i would you know talk to them about a lot of the same things you know in science math and i hated math but i knew that i had to be good you know cool with them if they if they were going to help me Mm -hmm. and so um you know i did that 
Um, I don't think you're alone in hating math, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is this, I'm great with, you know, basic, you know, arithmetic. But when you come to like this geometry and the algebra and the trigonometry and all that, it's just, I don't need all that. I just need yeah. to know how to add, subtract, multiply, divide, and understand percentages and, yeah. and fractions. That's it. That's all I really, really need in life. So mm -hmm. I felt like all that extra stuff was just, you know, unnecessary for me. And I didn't really have a desire to learn it. And that's where I kind of fell short. But yeah. with that being said, I, um, I feel like me hanging out with a huge, you know, a wide variety of people kind of allowed me to learn a lot of different things, you know. So it wasn't just, I used to skate, you know. My brother actually started skating. Yeah. first i could see your brother skating yeah, yeah. he was the one who actually totally brought skating. skating into our household yeah. and at first i was like ah you're lame why are you skating you know this is you know why are you skating anyway and so i'm like all right but then me and him has such a great relationship growing up that you know he's out skating i'm like well shoot if you're skating i'm skating because you know we're brothers we got to compete yeah. You know, oh yeah. You know, I gotta can't just compete. I can't just talk shit and not do anything. You know, yeah. I got to go out there and learn how to do a kickflip too. You're older or he's older? I'm older. Oh okay. You can't tell. <laughs> well, if you're older, then uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta show only him by five you, years. You gotta show him what's up. <laughs> and that's the thing. Also, being the oldest, I felt like I had to you know learn everything too. Like it wasn't just. Um, you know, if my brother was skating, if that was something that he wanted to do, then I had to like, if he wanted to get better at it, I had to be the one to kind of help show him how to get better. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn how to do it in order to show him how to get better at it. So, um, I started skating, then that kind of gave me access to the skating clicks. And now I was, you know, cool with the skaters mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I played sports. So I was good with all the, you know, people who play sports. So I just, you know, just rotated with, you know, whatever I felt like that day. Like mm -hmm. today, if I'm feeling like kicking it with the skaters. I want to work on my, you know, my kickflips, my hill flips. All right. I brought my skateboard to school. Let's go skate at lunch type stuff. Do you still hang out with a lot of people from high school? That's the thing. So um, I actually took, um, I don't know what you would call it, a, a sabbatical or a leave of absence from everybody like seven, about seven years ago. Um, like I was on social media and, you know, I was hanging out with all my friends and, um, I think even longer than seven years ago, but no, I actually cut everything off seven years ago, but I was wilding out prior to that, you know, in my, uh, in my twenties. Yeah. In my twenties. So my, my twenties were, I lived it up in the twenties. So that whole decade, I just was, you know, I was, you know, talking to, I was trying to do too much and I really felt like trying to keep up with everybody and it you know i felt like i lost i lost um focus on what i wanted to do because i was so busy you know trying to please everybody else so to speak yeah through social media i gotta go here so that i can put this on my feed and i gotta show people that i'm doing this and it really i really wasn't doing anything for myself so i kind of felt like i didn't really waste that time i lived it i had experiences but um I felt like I'm done with that. And so when I realized I was done with that, that's when I cut everybody off and everything off and, you know, cut off social media and just pretty much worked on myself because um, I felt like I really wasn't who I wanted to be. I felt like, you know, I, I, I had a lot of potential, but I just wasn't at the level that I wanted to be. And 
I kind of wanted to go, so to speak, into hiding and, you know, come back a different person. Yeah. And I did that. So um, just recently, maybe like six months ago, that's when I actually got social media again. And um, it's crazy because it was overwhelming because I was gone for like seven whole years. Yeah. And, um, you know, mostly all my friends and stuff, I don't really keep in touch with them through anything because I felt like I needed to work on myself. I didn't want to mm -hmm. still keep those, you know, connections. Like I'm still the same person, um, but I just had to, you know, work on myself and yeah. get rid of the distractions. And so with the distractions gone, I was able to, to um, focus on myself. I, you know, met Lorena, got married, had a baby, did the whole, you How know. How long ago was that? Uh, I met Lorena in a long time ago, 2010. I think oh, no, okay. before 10 that years. Wow. I had to say 2009, so 2009, I met her. Okay. And then, um, we like, so you were still the... doing social media at that time. I know oh, yeah. she's big into social media. Yeah. So. And that's the thing that's, um, it's funny because I actually re we actually re met each other or restarted talking to each other through social media. Okay. Yeah. So she had, uh, reached out to me on, um, Instagram or whatever, and bam, that's how we got reconnected. So, fast forward, now I'm back to, um, you know, got married, we have Liza, and I was like, okay, I felt like I'm who I want to be, so to speak. I'm kind of going in the direction where, where I want to be um, as far as, like, being a father, a husband, um, you know, all that stuff. So, I'm like, okay, maybe I can go back into you know, the social media start, you know, just it's just getting new experiences again, because I've mm -hmm. definitely been having a desire to do the whole podcast. And, um, you know, in my current job, that's pretty much what I do. I talk to people all day, every day. And what they want me to do is kind of, so to speak, have an interview with somebody, you know, let them tell you or kind of, you know, let them open up to you as to what their, um, you know, what they want to do as far as what their finances, where their goals are and things like that. So I do this on a regular basis and I enjoy it. That's why I still work there. But yeah. um, I kind of wanted to have my own, you know, platform, my yeah. own, you know, agenda as to what I want to talk about. Did, did the job make you think more about it? Because you Hell think about yeah. it all day, right? Exactly. And I even like practice at work sometimes. I'll even come up with like these crazy ass questions just so that I can like see if I can get the response that I'm looking for. Mm. Um, so it works and I feel like um, it allows me to um, get better at speaking and um, trying to articulate. I hate the fact that I say, um, and like, you know, I feel like what they say, I, sh I should pause when I'm thinking or, you know, instead of using the um. I've noticed that about Barack Obama. What's he that? He does actually say, I think he says, um, a lot, but you can tell he's trying not to. And he yeah. do, and sometimes he'll do a lot of pauses. Okay. And then sometimes he'll do a lot of, he, I forget what he says. He does say something well. over and over again. Yeah. Something I think it's like, like well, um, speaking of pauses, yeah. um, I have to run to the restroom real quick. All right. Let's, let's pause it. Let's take, let's take a commercial break. Yeah. We got a commercial break. Let's uh, let our subscribers, not our subscribers, our sponsors. Um, yes. Our many, many sponsors. Yeah. That, uh, you Hyundai. Know, yeah. That sponsor <laughs> to our three listeners. Um, so let's take a, a two minute break cool. and, um, we'll be back in a sec. Hold that thought you're on right there. Okay. Yep. All right. That was a good commercial break there. 
thanks to all of our sponsors. Yes. Our, they, ma- our many, many sponsors that I made up. They help keep the mics on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, right now we're independent, right? Um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah, we we're talking about pausing. So this is something um, that I need to work on. I say, um, you can hear me saying, um, yeah. And I do little, uh, kind of awkward giggles <laughs> when I, and I laugh at my own jokes. That's one thing I need to stop doing <laughs> is laughing at my own jokes. Hey, I know this. You know, what's so funny is that my coworkers catch me doing it all the time at work and they're like, Brandon, what's so funny? I was like, you wouldn't understand. It, it, a lot of times it'd be, it's, it's, it's inside jokes mm-hmm. that would only make sense if you understood the inside portion yeah. of it, but I don't have time to sit there and explain it to you. So it's just, just let it go. Yeah. My old coworker used to be like, this man's cracking himself up. Like yeah. he'd always be like that. And I'd be like, God, I hate you so much. Like stop, <laughs> stop pointing it out. But, right? but you're right. <laughs> exactly. And if you can't entertain yourself, you know, why, you know, yeah. who can you entertain? I like to crack myself up. I admit it. Me too. But. You know, if you look at people that are really funny, like really funny comedians, yeah, they, Kevin Hart, a lot of them are just like they they bust their jokes and never make a peep afterwards. Some of them have that, you know, different comedians have different styles. Yeah. Some of them laugh at their own jokes and Dave stuff Chappelle. like that. Yeah, some <laughs> of them laugh at their own jokes, but it's only when the crowd laughs, right? Right, right, right. Like exactly. if it bombs, he doesn't laugh at it. Yeah, I, my my jokes like bomb ninety percent of the time, and you still and laugh. I still laugh at them because because <laughs> I like them. You know, I'm like that's the thing. Like if the joke makes you feel good, then it's a good joke. Yeah, some people take offense to stuff, but that's that's them. That's their problem. You know, a lot of times, and that's why I keep stuff to myself, and I find it to be funny to me because mm-hmm. there's a lot of jokes that are not HR safe that I can't share with my coworkers at work. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I'm a crack up and laugh to myself and keep my job okay so you can't know what what's so funny that's why or the inside jokes so there's there's like things that happen at work Mm -hmm. and i and i'm like and i want to make an inside joke and i sometimes i sometimes i do and it bombs of course because no one knows what i'm talking about right or sometimes i'll keep it inside and then i'll go home and i'll be like i'll text my friend i'll be like hey or I'll talk to my friend later. I'll be like, "Hey, this thing happened at work, and blah blah." blah. And then I, I was, I was gonna say this or something, and then they're like, "Okay." Like, <laughs> like it was one of those. You, ha- it's always like you had to yeah, be there. Had to be there. Uh, all those jokes. So I, I do. Yeah, I have to say, if I, if I ever a professional comedian, I'd be uh, starving right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, telling I, your jokes under the subway. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely. Um, could use some work on on my comedy here but i think that's one of the biggest things laughing at my own jokes i do say um a lot okay which when i'm on a podcast like this and you can tell i'm really concentrating on it right now because i'm talking about it but when i'm on a podcast like this i do need to learn that pausing is okay yeah like silence is okay actually it's you know it's like the dramatic pause it can be very effective as well in in making points. Agreed. Plus, I'm learning from the whole editing portion or aspect of it is that I can cut out those those pauses while yeah. I'm trying to collect my thoughts. So instead of saying um, if I just shut up and just collect the thought and then go back into saying what I'm saying, when it comes down to editing, I'll see that break and I'll just cut that out, shorten it up, and it'll barely even. It'll mm-hmm. be so seamless. You won't even know that I had yeah. 
a dramatic pause at that point. I think I'm pretty lazy in my post-production. Well, it all depends on how long the actual podcast is. Yeah. You know. But I mean, when we're doing a podcast like this, which is an hour, it's like really tedious oh, I bet. to try to. I say like a lot too. It's really tedious to cut those to cut each and every one out, and mm-hmm. so oh, yeah, I both actually. Sides. I actually just try to uh, improve myself instead of like trying to fix fix it afterwards. Yeah, make it easier on the producer. Yeah, I, I do it right the first time. Absolutely, it's, it's like we were talking about this earlier that like you know it's better to record audio good the first time and not have to run it through filters, Absolutely. not have to edit it, mm-hmm. not have to do all those Enhance things. It. If you have a nice mic, nice equipment. Um, there we go again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if if you have not all these nice things and you take the extra time to set it up correctly or take it to a place where there's not background noise or turn off the air conditioner or something <laughs> like that, you you save yourself a lot of time in post production. True. And editing and all that kind of stuff. So um I mean I'm no expert. Don't don't take my word for it, but but this is just what I've found through my experience and um you know I once you get um here i go with the ums i don't even say ums now i'm now i'm super self-conscious about it <laughs> i don't even want to talk anymore so now once you upgrade all your equipment if you just want to give all your stuff to me it's, it's, it sounds it's, it's a great idea i'm, I, I'm okay i with would it. be more than happy to do that yeah i mean obviously we talked about the headphones they basically only have one channel in them it's okay yeah there's a right and a left but we only hear in one ear basically so i think, I think that actually might have something to do with this box right here okay but i'm okay with this just one ear maybe it'd be just a little distracting if i heard it coming out of both ears but i'm okay with this we don't have to change it now I have a level incorrectly mixed here anyways so yeah i find this podcast a good practice speaking oh yeah and we were talking about listening okay um i think a lot of podcasters talk about the skill of listening Mm -hmm. which is hard to do we are people are always trying to talk over each other trying to get their opinion or word in like it means something more than someone else's it's hard to kind of step back and be like i'm equal to everyone else my opinion doesn't mean anything more let them finish talking Mm -hmm. that's hard for me to do at least and i like i like to be the authority on things right you could hear it in my last podcast too i mean like when i start talking about something that i do know a little bit about i i go crazy with it absolutely and you should because that's where your passion is and Mm -hmm. you can your passion is is felt and it's expressed through your excitement, um, through you know how you actually come across. Like you don't really. I'm almost a hundred percent positive when you're talking about something you're passionate in. There's no ums. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because everything you have so much information about a particular subject. The hardest part is just finding a way to give that information to someone else. So there's just there's no real sitting there thinking about, well, what do I say next? The The hardest part is like pushing all the information back to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to tell them first. This is next. This is next. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, what do I tell them? Well, I think there's a, um, I forget what movie it's from, but there's a, they made a really good point that like you, instead of thinking about what you're going to say, 
you should just be listening, like really listening to what they're saying. Yes. Then think about it. Even pause if you have to. Mm-hmm. Then formulate a response. Yes. People are always formulating a response before the other person is even done sharing their complete thought. Absolutely. So I think that's a very important skill that you can develop. And I think, I mean, I've been working in sales and I think that does help me because that's a big part of sales. Honestly, that's one trick that I've learned is sometimes you just got to sit there and, and let that person talk and yeah. talk and talk and talk and talk. And they feel more comfortable with you mm-hmm. if, if you just let them sit there and talk. But, uh, you know, it, it's hard to do all day long and not have like get a word in. And that's know? the thing. And I, I, I have that issue. My manager tells me this all the time that I'm so quick to try to to want to solve. And that's who I am. I'm a problem solver. Mm-hmm. And when someone comes to me with a problem, like I'll help them solve it based on the knowledge that I have, based on the knowledge that they have, we'll come together with a, a solution. And th- my manager always tells me that, hey, you need to just listen more. Let them talk more. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I've I felt as though I've, I have enough information to try to come up with a solution. And just like, nah, take more time. Get to let them tell you more and more and more. I'm just like, all right, but they already told me that they have this problem. Let me go ahead and fix that problem. Yeah. And then we could talk about something else or you can tell me about another problem later. But yeah. when I hear a problem, I want to fix it. Yeah. And that's what I do. So I think just being patient is a important thing it is when you especially in your both our lines because yeah, we do with pe- we do with people absolutely a lot, a lot all day long and it is you just have to be patient sometimes you have to take it on a case-by-case basis mm-hmm. you know you can't start generalizing and getting complacent right over and thinking everything's just the same even though it kind of is i mean oh yeah but everyone's situation is a little different you have to talk to people a certain way you can't talk to this person the same way you would talk to that person because maybe they won't you know have the same reaction maybe you have to be a little softer Mm -hmm. to this individual because they are soft and there's always those like i've had some very awkward moments and my job in particular just because of the nature of it and the, the location of it and everything there's just these guys come out of the mountains. Oh boy, some of these <laughs> some of these rednecks out of the mountains are just something else, you know. They really? they they just want to spout their political opinions. Oh shit. I get like, that at work too. There's this one guy I will never forget. So he came into the shop and he, you know, he's a he's a good loyal customer or whatever okay. and I don't want to like throw him under the bus or anything, but like <laughs> he comes out listening. here his his um I won't get into details about who yeah. he is, but just in case this ever did get past our three listeners. John um, Smith. <laughs> but he, we were talking about something, and uh, I forget what it was, you know, like uh, the stock market crashing or mm-hmm. something. And he goes, uh, and he goes, you know, I uh, probably shouldn't say this. Uh, I, I know whose fault it is or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I didn't ask him. Right. I didn't ask him. He's like, you know, I'm just going to say it. It's the Jews. Oh, shit. It's the Jews. I was like. <laughs> Oh my God! Where did this just go? Like, Check, this, please. This like, and then just goes off on so like anti-Semitic rant, like, and I'm just like, oh my God! And there's like other customers like in oh ear, in earshot, like, yeah. and I'm just kind of like, oh, can we just like, hurry up and get this over with? Like, and I'm I'm desperately trying to change the subject and just get him the hell out of there, right? Because like mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to like be like, hey, fuck you, buddy, get the fuck out of yeah. here, you know? But at the same time, like, 
there's other customers that might think differently about me oh, because yeah. I'm sitting here and listening to it, you know, and not telling him to leave. Right. You know, and like, I'm just kind of like, like you I, want this, that asshole? I want this situation to end right now. <laughs> so there's, yeah, I, there's definitely a points in time where I'm just like, I have to control the conversation. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, yeah. What I'll do is I'll actually just be like, oh, let me grab something from the printer real quick. And that'll just be like my little mm -hmm. cut. And then hopefully I'll come back and I'll start the conversation when I get back just so that they can't pick up where they yeah. left off. Oh, my favorite is, oh, I got a phone call I got to get. Oh, yeah. I love it when they when they page me on, on the thing, for, like sales call or whatever. And I'll be oh, like, I'll be right back. I'll be like, you know what? Hold that thought. Yeah. I got I to gotta go get this or whatever. <laughs> and then I just like go hide in my office and never come out. I'm just like, <laughs> I'll let the other salesman deal with this guy. Like, Yeah, that's funny. When the new guys come in, that's almost like a... Um, uh what do you call it like a a, a, a ritual like, a ritual to get yeah. it's like we know these certain customers that mm -hmm. come in and they're just like they'll talk your ear they'll corner you talk oh, yeah. talk your ear off for like an hour and then they won't buy anything right <laughs> like it's it's i mean i hate to stereotype but oftentimes it's like these old like lonely guys right you know you know like these old folks or whatever they don't want to always want to talk about their old you know bike they had or whatever and uh <laughs> The first uh, week or whatever, this the new the new guy came in or whatever. We had him. We there was one guy or whatever, and I was like, "Hey, you should go help that guy over there," you know. And he mm -hmm. totally got cornered for exactly what I wanted to happen happened. Like he got <laughs> cornered by, and me and the boss are just kind of sitting there, like like watching from the front, just kind of like giggling. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that happens at work all the uh, time, and we have a, like a lot of older customers that yeah. don't want to switch over to online banking. They don't want to do anything digital. They want to just talk to a live person every time they do anything on their account. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually always the one stuck with them because I'm just too nice and. I hate it. And, you know, my manager tells me that all the time, like, dude, you're way too nice. You need mm -hmm. to tell these people no. And I'm just like, I can't. I don't know how to tell them no. I can't look them in their face and tell them no, even though I know I can help. That's yeah. the hardest part. And it's just like, they tell me, like, dude, your job, you know, that isn't your, it's not your job to sit there and help them go over their transactions or help them find this missing check. They can do that yeah. over the phone type shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, I know, but you know, look how old she is. She came all the way out of the house, you know, super old, down to the bank because she couldn't get through over the phone. Yeah. And you want me to just tell her no? And I'm just like, I can't. I yeah. have ethics, you know, and that doesn't yeah. that doesn't that doesn't sit well. It's with hard me. with a big company, you know, yeah. to do that because you lose that that personal touch, you know. Right. I kind of actually like where I'm working right now. Um, the the downside is I don't make a ton of money. I mm -hmm. mean, but I do like the the how small it is, right? And there is that kind of like a little more family feel. And uh, you know, there's some bigger places that that sell more. I could probably make more money if I like worked at one of those places or right. whatever. But you know what? People come back exactly like all the time, and and like I've had a lot of like you know, compliments on just like they, you know, cause I take care of people, exactly. you know, exactly. And that's like our philosophy. And we don't like right now there's low supply and everything. Like people are charging these like huge prices or whatever. And I love my manager mm -hmm. because he's like, you know what? We're not going to mark those guys up because when the prices go down, back down or whatever, they're not going to, they're going to look at their receipt and be like, I got screwed. Right. You know, they're not going to come back. We're just going to be another, you know, shady, 
shitty place that mm-hmm. yeah that, that screws people and has the dealership huge, huge, mar- <laughs> huge markups so yeah we try to treat people nice there's always going to be those people that just are un- unpleasable exactly you know, like un- no matter what you do they'll never be happy with what, the, yeah. what they get because they want either something for free or you to do something illegal or unethical and i'm just like i can't i'm not jeopardizing this one lady called me um she, she said that i was scared because I would not open up a business account for her and her name. She's trying to get personal. That's, that's, yeah. rude. that's rude. And the thing, yeah. And that's, I'm just like, her name didn't match. And I'm just like, oh, she said that they misspelled her name or whatever. I'm just like, look, well, you need to get the doc- documents corrected with the correct spelling if you want me to open the account. And she says, no, you're just scared. You don't want to do it. Okay, I guess I'm scared. Um, yeah. Get the documents corrected. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, what are you going to say to that? I mean, it's just like you're being... I told you what was wrong. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. And so, anyway, long story short, um, yeah, some people are just unpleasable. Yeah. Nothing you can do about it. So, how long have you been working there? Uh, So, I've been... Yeah. Should I... uh, Cut that out. I've been in the financial industry for... (laughs) You didn't go to college, did you? I did. I actually did go to college. Funny story. So, let's actually go to the college days. So, college... um, Graduated high school at 17 and a half, started college at 17 and a half. But um, I actually started college wanting to pursue a career in the fire department. So um, I did like EMT, um, I did fire science, the fire academy, all that. And after I was working as a reserve firefighter um, in the city I grew up in, and I was like, okay, this is cool. But then after I had bought my house in Oakley, I had moved out of the district. So I could no longer be a reserve firefighter because I lived oh. too far from, it took me like 35 minutes to get to the fire station for yeah. from my house. So it was like, you can't respond. Yeah. Like by 35 minutes, the fire's out. So yeah, um, yeah. so stopped working there and then just started applying for jobs um, you know, outside of that. And it was just so at the time super competitive like i remember going to apply for a job for the city of oakland and having to stay out stand outside in a line for i want to say eight hours just to be able to submit an application and they were only accepting i think like a thousand applications or something like that yeah and i barely 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 got in um to get my application submitted and for fire or for, for fire. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I submitted, uh, applications took, I took, I took interviews with, um, Richmond fire, try to get on with them. And then I, at the point I was just like, Hey, I need to work. So I'm doing applications and I just need to, I need to work. So Diversify I got, yeah, I need to make money. Like I can't, I can't just be, you know, just submitting job applications and not getting paid, not working anywhere. So, um, after, dang, let's have these thumbs out. So after doing the whole, uh, submitting the applications, I was like, okay, I need to go work. So started working for bank of America, uh, doing like customer service and stuff over the phone. And then from there I went to work in the mortgage department for bank of America. And I was there with them for like five, five years or whatnot and then they had layoffs and after the layoffs i actually went to go work 
for this sketchy company. And I didn't realize they were sketchy until after I left the company. And I was just like, yo, this, sketch, this company is a little sketch. But basically what they did was they reached out to people and there was some type of um, student loan forgiveness program that the government was issuing. Okay. And yeah. people could go to the, the government website or whatever and apply for the program and have their student loan forgiven or whatever if they knew how to do the process. But what this company was doing was calling people and pretty much doing the process for them and charging them a fee to do the process. And so I felt like it was a scam because you're pretty – well, not really a scam. It is, you know, it's lawful, but I felt like people can do this themselves. If you just, you know, called them and told them and walked them through it over the phone, I'm pretty sure they could submit their own application and have their student loans forgiven. Yeah. But – you're just doing it for them, and then you're charging them a fee. Mm -hmm. But whatever. It's cool. Um, I worked for that company, and we got paid commission. It was cool. It was a job. It was in Livermore. But I needed to get back closer to home. So after that, I started working actually at a grocery store in, in Brentwood doing um, produce stocking. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. I got to actually you know talk to people every day, and that's kind of what I, I enjoy doing. And, you know, people come to this store, grocery store on a weekly basis. So you start to get regulars and, you know, they tell you, you know, how they're doing, how the kids are doing, this, that, and the other. So, you know, work was, it was, you know, semi-rewarding, but, mm -hmm. you know, it was still laborious. And um, I was doing that while I was working at doing customer service just because I needed to, you know, make money. So I stopped doing the, I stopped doing the whole firefighting thing because I was just like, eh, I don't think it's for me. But, um, I felt like I like banking and I like to actually get better at banking for myself, my own personal finances. So that's why I started to pursue, you know, different portions of banking, like becoming a personal banker so that I can be better equipped to take care of my own finances. And then after, you know, doing that, I've been with, I've been with them for, because <laughs> I just feel like so many people have an ill, you know, taste in their mouth. And I'm just like, yeah. I work there, but, you know, we're not all the same. Like, all that, you know, yeah. fake account stuff happened in Southern California. People in Northern California didn't have, you know, the fake accounts. Yeah, there was a lot of high-pressure sales tactics involved, but yeah. you said yes. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like these people opened up fake accounts. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think, generally speaking, the, the banking industry has a uh, – bad taste in a lot of people's mouths Absolutely. i mean they essentially caused the 2009 stock market crash with with shady, with shady stuff i know i know there's always it's not a just our fault y'all borrowed the money yeah it ain't like oh the bank just forced you to take the money but it's you know it's you know i mean that's debatable okay we could we can we could probably go back and forth right about all that. but i'm just <laughs> saying like the you know, that left a bad taste in people's right. mouths. The banks were out for banks making money. Banks have always that's that is their primary goal is to bank make money. Mm -hmm. And they understand people in banking understand numbers that a lot of, you know, normal uh people maybe not maybe don't understand, you know. I and feel like the failure comes from the public education system. Agreed. Because these kids should know how to manage an account. How to absolutely budget? It should be part of like high save. school. It yeah, should be. it should be part of high school. Absolutely. What do they learn in economics? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the yeah, there should be mandatory classes like, um, 
that that just aren't out there and it, and you know but, the the parents are falling short as well yeah and i feel like the banks take advantage of ignorance yeah. if you don't know that hey if i pay off my credit card at the end of the month then i'm not going to be charged interest mm-hmm. then you know you well, want to a lot of i mean i see it in my job all the time they have i see people come in there come in there and they clearly don't have enough money to buy be buying luxury items oh yeah and they're financing things that they can't afford. Exactly. And you, they're just like, oh, I can af- I can afford uh, $74 a month, but I can't afford $80 a month. You're like, what? <laughs> you're you're basing this on like $5. Like, yeah. Like, you, you, maybe you shouldn't be buying. Like, I want to just like be like, Absolutely. maybe you shouldn't be buying this, you know? I mean, nothing I say is going to change their oh, mind yeah. or whatever. They're and just going to go thing. to some other place. If- they can't wait to be get the, to get the keys and put yeah. it on their Instagram or their Facebook feed. And I feel yeah. like a lot of times people are just doing stuff for others. Yeah. And that was what the that was the point that that was the the feeling that I had for myself. I was just like, I got to get off of this because mm-hmm. I'm over here buying stupid shit just because I I want to show other people that I bought it. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is it's pointless. I don't even care for this stuff. Yeah, I one thing I I find very interesting is like just fashion. Okay, mm-hmm. like fa- people buy these really expensive, like bags. designer clothes. They're just like bags. They're just like yeah. it's like yo, I can get like I can get a, a, wardrobe a, a for the year off of that, <laughs> that that probably no one would notice. Oh yeah, and and but I, honestly, like. What is the purpose of clothes? What is the function of clothes? To keep you warm and protect your, your yeah. skin. Yeah, and not expose your genitals to people. Exactly. <laughs> and honestly, like, a lot of the stuff is made from the same material and the same mm-hmm. factories. Oh, and it's, it's just It's all like branding. Chinese factories. Yeah, yeah, it's just branding. And mm-hmm. the way that the brands, I mean, yes, a lot of times, I feel like knockoffs in the past have been trash and horrible. Oh. But nowadays... You can't tell the difference between a knockoff and a real thing. Yeah. One thing that stood out to me when I was in the military, I, I was kind of in like um, tech school boot camp. So I was like new into the military. There's this one kid who, um, you know, he was, he was just like that guy that had all the swag on all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and he had a flashy loud car and all this stuff. But the Ed Hardy shirts, remember the Ed Hardy shirts those. with the freaking like, you know, a tattoo thing yep. on them or whatever. And I was, I remember wearing a shirt and he's, I was like, uh, forget I had a $20 shirt on or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And he had a fucking white t-shirt on that said like Ed Hardy on it. And he was like, oh yeah, I got this sick new shirt. It was like $130. It was a white (laughs) t-shirt with, with Ed Hardy on it. I was like $130 for that little like name on there. I, mean, I can make that with my cricket machine at home. And it, and I was like, why would you pay 130? And he's like, well, it attracts more girls. I was like, it's just branding. That's are you all it is. fucking serious? You think you're gonna get more girls with a t? I mean, maybe some girls. Do you want those girls? Like, and realistically, <laughs> it's a cost-wise, a seven dollar shirt. Oh, for them to make. Oh yeah. And they're just retailing it at you know astronomical oh, yeah. prices, and people don't understand that. Okay, there are people who are rich and wealthy and they buy these brands. Yeah, okay, they don't it is not a big deal. They can afford it. Yeah. But if you're not rich and wealthy, yeah. don't waste your money on that. Yeah. That's keeping you from getting to be rich and wealthy. 
-hmm. if you didn't cut your money off before it even got to a thousand dollars to to gain you you know to grow in the market or whatever then now you're just you know living paycheck to paycheck at this point well it's silly because you know if if people didn't pay it they wouldn't make it you know like Mm -hmm. they would they wouldn't oh we were talking about this last night i went out to dinner with sarah and uh we were talking about wine there was a place where she went they would charge $35 for a bottle of wine. Okay. You go to Beverages More and get that same bottle for $7. That, that's insane markup. Well, think about clubs. We were going to, and I was talking to my, actually my friend about this the other day, and we were just reminiscing about when we used to go to like, you know, the clubs and stuff like that. And you're getting a table, and they're charging like $250 for you to have a table and a bottle. And let's say a bottle of Grey Goose. Which would cost what thirty five bucks at at, at yeah. the store? They're charging like ninety dollars for the bottle. Oh yeah, and you're paying two hundred and twenty five dollars for this section. And then if you want another bottle, okay, another ninety dollars. It's like oh, yeah. shit. You double your mark, and I know they're getting it for less than thirty five dollars. They're getting it for already like twenty bucks. That's why I don't even like going out to bars. It's like I'd rather just go to a party at someone's house. Absolutely, it's cheaper. Plus, yeah. worst case scenario, I can always pass out and just stay here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. I can like, kick you out on the take street. Care of me. You're like, I'm yes. not gonna get freaking, you know, I'm not gonna get roofied. And, uh, and it all depends. Uh, on, yeah, it all depends go, on whose house you go to. <laughs> yeah, wake up, wake up in some dude's basement. You know, like <laughs> True. my underwear around my ankles. Right. And uh, <laughs> but no, the 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 markup is um, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. But let's go back to to um. So do you? So you did you finish? So you finished college for the fire? Well, I finished college. I got a um, certificate of like completion yeah. through the Firefighter One Academy and yeah. um, did the So like you EMT. did like a program at, at like Solano a, College, yes. Solano, okay. Mm-hmm. It was like 18-unit course or something like that. Nice. And um, after – I don't think um's a bad word. I think it's a transition <laughs> word. You know what I mean? It shouldn't Just be – Stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it should be a bad thing. But after I finished college, yeah, I was done with that. And I felt like I learned a lot in school about school. And, you know, I feel like now with the Internet at its the, the capacity that it's at now to where I can pretty much research any subject that I want to learn about mm-hmm. and learn from my personal computer at my leisure at home for yeah. free, you know, I I feel like I can control what I learn more as opposed to going to school and, and letting them tell me what they want they want me to learn. I agree. So because I lose interest in subjects, plus I'm the type of person that likes to know a little bit about a lot mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. So I don't need to be a subject matter expert. Yeah. But just give me enough to, to hold a conversation. Yeah. And I think I'm the opposite. I think I think I do like to know like little random facts. I know a lot of like trivial like yeah. facts, but don't, not going to. But sometimes I go really into depth and stuff. It all depends on what it is, though, right? And it's like really specific things, you know. Um, like it, oh, yesterday, act. I'll give an example. Yesterday, we were talking about one of the guys um, <clears throat> that I work with was talking about octane ratings for fuel. Okay, I've done my research on octane ratings all right. for fuel. Okay, I've. I've, I know a little bit about it too, so I actually want to get a little bit from you to. Yeah, to I kinda... kn- I'm, I've done my research. I I know 
more than the average person at least i'm not a, a, a you know chemist at a at shell what was the conversation but, about then well one of the guys that that i work with was giving a customer some false information mm-hmm. and i just had to butt in and be like no this is not what you're saying is wrong <laughs> i want to know what they said what, they, what, what was the well, false? he said that all motorcycles need premium octane false absolutely absolutely 100 percent. you're false. right about that and um and i just had to i i just had to butt in and, and i hate in. when they say oh uh high octane fuel is cleaner false absolutely false all, it has all, nothing to do with the cleanliness of the fuel yeah. it's the octane it doesn't the brand probably has to do with the cleanliness absolutely of the, of yes the fuel, how much what type of filtering mm-hmm. um or maybe what type of additives that the brand uses but that but yes the um the octane rating has nothing to do with that all you have to do is meet the minimum octane rating yes. that your car requires yes and that's what it's tuned at yeah and another but the weird thing that the weird bit that most people don't know i would say is that if you do know about octane rating, you'll say it's probably uh, related to compression ratio mm-hmm. in the engine or uh, how much forced induction in the cylinders. I is, thought it was just the, the pre-detonation of the Well, the yeah, fuel. and that has to do with pressure Okay. in the cylinders. Higher the, the pressure. And probably temperature, I think, too, Okay. Um, in the cylinder. Well, when you compress, it creates heat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, can com- which can make it... I, th- I think the combination of the compression and the heat make it combust prematurely. Okay. And higher octane prevents it from doing that. Got you. So, um, but generally that's related to the compression ratio because mm-hmm. it compresses more with a higher compression ratio. The uh, w- For all you listeners, I know I'm talking Japanese to some of you right now. But <laughs> the, uh, I know Sarah, my girlfriend especially. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is he talking about? <laughs> when I start talking about girl- I can tell my girlfriend's eyes just glaze over when I start talking. About I'm somebody. at the edge of my seat right now. I'm just like, okay, yeah. drop the bomb. But right I here. had a but I had a bike that had over twelve to one compression ratio okay. and ran on regular gas, just fine per per Honda. Yeah, and everything. I'll but all I gotta me. say for for everyone out there, if you if you are looking to me for some type of expert advice, which I'm not an expert or authority or anything, <laughs> just go with what the fucking manual says exactly. in your car. Okay, don't trust the guy at the gas station. Don't trust the guy at the, at the car dealership, okay? The engineers that designed your engine know more about the engine than, than we do, than anyone else, okay? Same thing with oil. Like people say, oh, what's the best type of oil to put? Whatever the damn manual says, use that. Uh, Unless yeah. you have high miles and maybe you need to get something because you got oil blow by and stuff. But at that point, you just need a new motor. Yeah. Well, oil, I would say there, there's some gray room. I'd say there's more, um, there's variance in different like additives and, and a lot of different stuff in oil, but I'm not, I know, I know more about gas, I would say than oil. Than oil so I'm just going to back off. I feel like I know, I know a little bit about both, but I feel like what you I, told me about the gas. I, I refer to someone I work with who is a very experienced, um, Lube me- guy? mechanic, uh, expert mechanic. Okay. Um, I, ex- I trust his opinion on it. Okay. And um, so I, I ask him if I have an oil question. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. I haven't done the research myself. Okay. So, but if anyone wants to know, I use Redline Racing Oil. That, I heard that's my, the best in my motorcycle. Aren't they uh, local? The company. I think so. Yeah. 
They're like Northern California natives. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, Yama, according to my friend, um, Yamaha Full Synthetic is also a very high quality one as well. That's only for motorcycles, correct? I'm talking about motorcycle oil. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Motor, you do not want to put car oil in a motorcycle. Right. Period. <laughs> that's that's a ba- it will ruin your clutch basically. Yeah, that's what it's for, right? It's for the clutch and um, the motor, or well, no, they put an extra ingredient called Molly. Okay. In um in car oil that will soak into the clutch and make it slip. Oh, uh, okay. So you'll have to replace all your clutch plates if you put Molly into your engine. From my understanding, correct. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments down below. No, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about drugs here. We're talking about Molly, M-O-L. Oh, yes. Not, <laughs> yes, not, not ecstasy. No. Um, but, um, but no, I, uh, I do like to research. I, 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 I agree with you 100%. Like, this is a crazy... I mean, we we're both old enough to have grown up in a time... When there was, when you couldn't just Google something, we had encyclopedias, bro. Yeah, encyclopedias. We had to go down Britannica. to the library. Hell, yeah. a yeah. library card. A Whoa. library. Yeah, it's not it's just a place for bums to hang out and get some <laughs> sleep, right? Now it is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean, this is this is an amazing. I call it the argument ender, like my smartphone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like you arguing about something. Oh yeah, well let's see. Let's see. Siri, what, who yeah. won the World Series yeah, in 1973? Yeah. And then it comes down to. Uh, Oh well, let me see your source. Yeah, where'd you what what uh what fly by night freaking web page did you get that right. from? You know, like <laughs> fly by night. I only use Bing. Okay, that's a dated term too. Fly by night. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, Bing. No, Bing sucks. Like, Absolutely. I, I'm, I Google all day long. Google. Google all day. What was that? that? Oh, that was my dog. Was it? Yeah. I feel like someone walked through here. He's being very nice. He's not whining or anything. Maybe our voice, our voice, our voices are soothing. Oh, maybe the girls are back. That's what I was thinking. It sounded like the garage door came open. She wouldn't come to the garage. He door. would. He would definitely know. Oh, okay. He'd be begging at the door. He has better hearing than we do. Especially with the headphones on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, anyways. All right. So then, how about this, Marty? Tell me a little bit about. Um, I want to know what it's like, because you grew up Paradise area. No, I grew up in uh, East Bay. Oh, when did you go out there? Uh, I uh, let's see. After high school, I actually went up to Chico. To uh, I lived with my best friend Chris. Okay. Uh, he was on a, uh, our second podcast, Chris and his wife. Got he's, it. He's my oldest friend that I still hang out with. Um. And. Yeah, we lived together in an apartment uh, through college, and okay. yeah, that was some some weird, crazy times. <laughs> we, lived, we lived in the uh, West First Avenue of Chico, which was right near the train tracks. It was the hood. Oh, okay. Yeah, there were lots of gunpoint robberies, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of shady stuff happening over there. Always broken glass everywhere, you know. Damn. Yeah, it was it was a pretty bad place, and um. Yeah, it was, it was a interesting time, and I was. Is that when the podcast started, or the idea for a podcast started? Oh, there was there was no podcast back then. That was like when I was twenty. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that was way long ago. And then, um, so I moved back to the Bay Area after that, 
for a while, and then when I was about 26, I went into the military, mm-hmm. uh, into the Air Force for a little under five years. Got it. And then I decided to go back to school, so I moved up to Paradise Okay. Uh, with my friend, and I've liked Paradise. Uh, I, I lived there for a couple years, and then lived in Daly City for a while. Um, that was expensive, <laughs> you know, it was interesting, but it really made me realize that I'm not a city boy. Uh, I, I really don't, don't enjoy the city. Now you and, said you and, grew up and it was just very contrast from going from paradise and, uh, Butte County up, right. the, up in the foothills, uh, to Daly city, which is almost San Francisco. Uh, that, that was just night and day difference and it was it, t- it took me a minute to it was, it was a little culture shock going back and forth um i wasn't yeah i i didn't i didn't enjoy my time in i i did enjoy my time in daily city but i was always getting out trying to fish trying right. to like get oh, out outdoors mm-hmm. i was spending a lot of time not home yeah like leaving yeah and um i didn't have my dog uh, i did have my dog with me when i was in daily city I didn't um, after that for a while. What part of the East Bay did you grow up in then? Uh, you know, I was, uh, I was kind of in like more affluent areas, you know, in the East Bay, uh, like around Alamo and and so more suburban, not city. Yeah, suburban. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I when I was really young, I grew up in like Alameda. Okay. So even Alameda is still not yeah, city, city. I was born in Oakland. Okay. So you know, like that's you know, and but that, I was really young, and it's just it's weird bouncing from from there, which is you know, there's a lot more diverse diversity there in, oh, yeah, in Alameda and stuff, and then I go out and live, um, you know, in some of these more whitewash like like richer neighborhoods or yeah. whatever and you know i i don't know i i kind of pick up things from from everywhere i live as yeah. everyone does and you know but it's weird because i i i almost i don't, I don't want to get like really racial or whatever but like i didn't i didn't like i don't think i had any type of racism when i when i was in uh, living in Alameda and Dan and uh, Oakland and stuff because I was so young and mm-hmm. you know when you're a kid you, just, you don't understand it. No one's no one's racist when they're a little kid or whatever. Right. But I think growing up in like Danville and stuff, there was a little bit of that going on, you know. And I think it sort of rubbed off on me. And as I got older, it went away. But you know, as, yeah, as, uh, I hope. <laughs> and, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm on here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know, I, it's just weird. And now I live in a you know now I work at a place where it's not always you know, um, e- equal, you know, or I don't know what to call it. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that are, are not, a lot of times I just have to kind of like look the other way and I don't like doing that. You know, No, I see what you mean. I just kind of have to be like, well, y- you know, like I, I want to say something, but at the same time, it's just going to so cause, I work cause a people, bunch of hassle yeah. that, that, that like, let it go. Yeah. I'm not on a political, you know, uh, you know, I don't have a political agenda or anything yeah. like that, you know. So it's like sometimes you just kind of have to turn look, the other cheek, look the other way. Yep. And, you know, but, you know, I, I know that some stuff still exists or whatever. 
I agree. For sure. <laughs> and we see it in banking all the time. And, you know, um, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get into that, though, yeah. too much. But I, but I just want to say that, that, you know, it shaped me a little bit. And then moving up to the hills, I, I think I heard more of it. And um, But getting all this back and forth. And then I went to Daly City, which is like 80% Asian and, and oh, yeah. uh, Filipino. a lot of homosexual community. And, I didn't and know it, that. It, it, it was really weird, like, you know, going from like kind of military. Like I, yeah. was, I was in like maintenance, you know, uh, in the military, which is just like every other – Every other like sentence is a gay joke. I mean, like, <laughs> like it's just. And then you go to like, and then I go to like live in Daly City. And, all your like, jokes are gay and, jokes. And all, the, and all these like down south boys, you know, in the military. A lot of a lot of people from you know. It's just this weird. It, it's weird. I try to get along with everybody. Yeah. But it's like people put me in these awkward situations. No, I feel it all the time. Where I'm just like, uh, you know. Well, where did what, your why you know? Where did your desire for outdoors come from? When did that actually like? When did you feel as though that actually was like triggered? Know. You know, I was a Boy Scout when I was younger. Oh, that's dope! I never got to do that. I don't know if that if that had something to do to do with it, but I've been out in the woods, you know, and I've gone on you know long hikes, and I don't know if that I don't know if, if that shaped me into it or whatever. You didn't do any hunting as a kid though, right? No. You know, I'm not a big fan of hunting. Neither am I. I just like I don't like killing things. Neither can I. Oh my gosh, I, I can't like, do it, dude. I, was, I I definitely would if I had to sustain myself, you know, but I don't. And I just, like, it does make me sad seeing dead animals. And, and you, you know, know what? I have this, these birds that uh they eat our fruit in our backyard. Mm -hmm. And they always peck at my apples and, you know, stuff. And so I actually got a, a BB gun, and I was going to actually go out there and shoot it. Yeah. And I got to the window, and I was going to shoot the bird, and I was just like, I can't do it. Yeah. This bird has is probably, you know, a mom or a dad, and it's got little baby birds at home that are expecting it to come back home. And who am I to go out there and shoot it? So I had to go out and get these bags to put over the fruit yeah. so that he can't, you know, destroy my fruit. Yeah. And still find stay another up. way. Yeah, yeah. I had to find another way just because I didn't have the heart to kill a little bird. Cause I know that if I kill this bird, yeah. there's going to be another bird that comes next yeah. week. That's kill the same a cat. Thing. That would save the birds. Really? Oh, cats kill tons of birds. Cats are like a problem for like birds, yeah. Wow, like feral cats. Yeah, over yeah, like wild because they're, yeah. That's crazy. You can you can you can look it up. There's there's yeah, they're a, they're an issue. Well, they're blue jays. I don't know if blue jays are they're mean as shit. I don't know what is it, what's about. No, 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 blue birds or blue jays. I think they're called no. blue jays. Yeah, blue jays. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I'm not a big. I do like fishing, and I feel, but I feel bad when I kill a fish. On do you accident. eat the fish? I've, you know, I've caught thousands of fish and, uh, eaten I don't, a hundred? I don't, well, I don't, I have eaten fish before. Okay. Um, but I, I sport fish for bass is what I do now. Catch and release type thing. But I do catch and release. I don't even know what bass tastes like. I've never, Neither tried, do I. I've never tried it before. I'm allergic I ha to I've heard it's not the best. Um, you know, if you're really going to fish for something to eat, uh, striped, striped bass, striper okay. is probably better to eat catfish is good to eat even bluegill though they're not very they're much small. they're not very much meat on them but right. i heard they're actually excellent to eat um there's a lot of better fish to eat and i just figure i i, I want more bass out there to catch you know yeah so, so i'd let them go i mean sometimes we'll catch i mean we've caught well over 100 fish in a day or whatever it's like you can't eat all those fish that's you know? true like but no, I, I I do it purely for sport. I love bass fishing, and uh, 
Yeah, I think that's the my favorite outdoor activity at this point in time. So sure. let's say you get a uh, a big property, six acres, lake on it. You're gonna fill it with bass. Oh yeah, catfish. Yeah. Can bass and catfish be in the same lake? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it's uh some of the best places to fish. Though you're not really supposed to. Or it's like uh well. No, ponds in general, yeah. actually. You'd think like these little ponds wouldn't have fish. Sometimes but they have monster bass in them. Loaded, huh? Because they've just been there uh, for like the 17 years. One of the biggest fish I caught, I was at a winery mm-hmm. and uh, uh, for a wedding, actually. And I asked the like farmer guy that, you know, that he had his house like off to the side of the actual vineyard part. I said, hey, can I, uh, I got my fishing pole. Can I throw my, my rod in that <laughs> pond you got over there? And I caught like a freaking nine pound bass out of that Shut little up. Lake, out of that little pond. Yeah. Damn. And I mean they're probably hungry and they never seen True. a lure before. True. And but I was getting a bass on every every cast. It was it was uh I could have wow. thrown a bear hook out there, they probably would have been. Hit it, dang. Um so yeah, you really don't need to go very far, but I don't know where I was going with that. No, just having your own lake on your on your property. Oh yeah. So if there were if I had a big property, I would I would Definitely, I dig a pond. Okay, I but golf course ponds. We've murdered it on golf course ponds, but are they shallow? But they don't generally let you fish those. You'd have to sneak on, or not that I would ever do anything illegal like that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we've we've uh, gotten kicked off a few golf courses in my time, just because of fishing. Oh yeah. Why do they care that? Oh, maybe the fish help with the ecosystem or whatever i don't know i think they do uh from what i heard actually bass eat a lot of mosquitoes Mosquitoes. okay yeah. yep gotcha. i think they eat the mosquito larvae and the mosquitoes but yeah so i heard you know like in la or wherever they have like a lot of abandoned pools yeah in backyards yep. they'll actually plant bass in the or uh i think it's bass really? or some type of fish in there to keep the mosquito population down. Why don't they just find the people who have the pools well, they're like, with well, they're like, you know, abandoned uh, houses gotcha. or whatever houses. Shit, so no I really there pour some bleach in there. But, you know, I heard bleach actually breaks down in the sun. So the chlorine chemical, I guess, when it's exposed to the sun, actually starts to break down. It's no longer effective. Hmm. That's why you have to keep adding chlorine to pools. I had a pool in the backyard, and I used to have, I used to, have to keep adding that makes chlorine. Sense. Yeah, because if not, that water turned green. Going. Yeah, and that's actually what kills all the bacteria. Yeah. Is the, the chlorine. we have chlorine in our drinking water? We do, I know, and I and uh, what's the other? It's the uh, fluoride. Fluoride. Yeah, and yeah. I actually heard they banned and outlawed fluoride in tap drinking water in other countries, and I'm just like, I'm not sure why, but. That's why people that come out from out of the country have teeth that look like shit. And it's because they don't have fluoride. That's what I, um, if I remember correctly, because I did take a couple classes on one on water, one that was called California Water, Mm -hmm. and uh, meteorology also. But California Water went over, um, you know, how they, uh, just how we manage our water and the additives. So, like, we do put stuff in water. Absolutely. We do, we do put chlorine. We do put um, That's how chloride, you can make it safe to drink. And sometimes other stuff. So, um, but yeah, from what I remember, fluoride is actually for tooth health. Yes, exactly. And that's that's all it's for in the water. 
uh, chlorine is just to like kill the bacteria or whatever that's in it, as far as I know. So we should at least, and that's the thing, we should at least wash or brush your teeth with tap water, as opposed to, you know, some people are just like, oh, I don't drink water from the tap, or, you know, I only drink tap bottled water. Tap water, so unless, unless there's like something wrong with the water, like basically it kind of depends on where it comes from. So like Stockton, for instance, has like toxic water you shouldn't like flint michigan oh that shit is and by the way flint michigan still has a water problem the reason that happened was because the people in the government decided that they didn't want to pay to put an additive into the water to kill the and it and it rusted out all the pipes wow and that's why the water's brown it's rust yeah it's it rusted out all the pipes damn and it, it had they put an additive that would have stopped the corrosion in the pipes basically so so now they have to repipe the whole city essentially right yeah it's a big it's a big yeah their whole infrastructure is like fucked up because of that because, because once you have rust that starts you yeah, don't because some guys stop. like what are we paying five thousand dollars a month for this or yeah, whatever fuck we these don't people need, we after don't need they this like, down to. we're gonna cut the budget here yeah you know? so, i didn't know about that being rust in there yeah from what i uh if i remember correctly yeah that that's what it was but um but no at tap water is perfect so water that's in a bottle has the exact same regulations as water that comes out of the tap so aquafina all those bottled waters have the exact same regula- regulations that what what comes out of the tap uh water that comes in uh mineral water is like crystal geyser is uh uh regulated by the FDA, I believe it is, which is a different regulations, and it actually has doesn't really have many regulations at all on mineral water. Okay. So potentially mineral water could just be like carbonated toilet water. <laughs> okay. But but toilet the, water is actually tap though, right? But the the water that comes out of the tap, and actually a lot of the bottled water is literally water. municipal Filtered. water, that, purified. That they literally just put into a bottle right out of the freaking faucet. But don't they have to purify not, it? I, I mean, I'm I'm not being. I mean, they literally have a plant that uses medicinal water and, and bottles, bottles it, it and sells it to you for a, a dollar fifty a bottle. Shit. Or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know what the I don't know what this thing is about reusing plastic. I think that's a myth, but I would have to do more research about. What that. do you mean about? Some people said that 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 if you reuse plastic bottles, it leaches. Uh, it, it, chemicals into the yeah, water like you get cancer or something no what i heard was this that when you leave the plastic bottles exposed to the sun mm-hmm. that will actually breaks down the plastic materials and that gets into the water and you can drink it so you should always keep your water that's stored in the house in a in a pantry or a closet because if it's in the sun mm. the plastic can actually start that to may be down. true but i would drink it anyways i don't give a shit yeah drink the plastic yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, there's worse things out there it helps yeah it helps fight corona it's got chlorine in it anyways like it helps fight corona do? <laughs> chlorine's a poison so <laughs> yeah anyways so uh anyways yeah that's uh my whole reason i took those classes was to be a better fisherman really well, I had to take science classes for my GE. But learning about water was going to teach you how but to But I was like, fishing. oh, California water. Fish. That's, re- that's, that's what I'm directly fishing directly in. related to fish. Yeah. yeah. So I took that. 
And uh, so tell me this: Do you know about the tunnels that they're drilling, or that they're that they're we did go underground over that tunnels in California water, and that's basically what I got from from the class I took was that it's kind of debatable whether that's a good idea or not. What you have to do is balance um, our needs as humans for water and our crops are really what it's going to. So the Central Valley, everyone thinks that LA takes all of our water. No, the Central Valley and all the produce and uh, and uh, farming. Bakersfield and stuff Valley, like that. All through the Central Valley is a Produces all the like fruit and nuts for like most of the country. True, but why can't they take ocean water and switch that over to that takes crop a, water? That takes an enormous amount of energy, like reverse osmosis and, or something. Like that. Yeah, that take that's a very expensive, uh, very, uh, like tedious process. Got you. So it's um, yeah, easier to use like brackish water. Like that's budget wise, uh, and just. You know, effort-wise, it's it's not worth it at this point in time. So the tunnels would actually just be taking water from our water infrastructure and tunneling it down to Southern California or the Central Valley. Is well, that right? essentially, it already does. What it would be doing, if I remember correctly, because it's been a while, it's actually taking it from a different river now. The Sacramento River? I forget which one. Okay. But or the San Joaquin. It, so right now it just kind of all the rivers collect in the delta, in delta and then it right. gets like pumped down south. Oh. But this would be taking a tunnel. It takes it from like up in a river and then takes it directly to the pump. So that would affect us getting that water if from up river. So now we're no longer getting that yeah. fresh water. And it like and it does like affect certain like the delta smelt. I think was a big thing for like the conserve conservationists or whatever um so the delta smelt would basically be extinct i don't know what that is is that a fish or it's a little fish okay gotcha it's a that only exists like in the delta because of the the water the brackish water something about i don't remember something about it would ruin its habitat basically so but yeah the um i I don't know enough about that to say much more than that that's about the extent of my knowledge on that i always thought because i always see those signs everywhere stop the tunnels stop the tunnels yeah, it's debated, but um, people have people are very selfish with those signs and stuff. So, like um, when we were having the droughts, this is one thing I did learn about the the water that kind of pissed pissed me off about farmers. Farmers get all these subsidies, you know. If if they don't make enough crops a year, they still get money from the government and all really? this stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So. But they had all these signs saying, oh, well, we're getting really into politics, by the way. Oh, we are? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to know about water. Which I didn't want to do. But um, but the, they had all these signs like, oh, uh, we need water. For, why is, wa-, you know, using water for food is not wasting water. Right. Okay. okay. But it's you see these signs posted on a on a farm that does flood irrigation. Oh yeah, see that's so flood irrigation just is a complete waste of water. Absolutely, get a drip system. Well, it evaporates, it goes into the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drip system, exactly. Yeah, go with a drip system. Yeah, exactly. So if if you had a drip system and then you had that sign in front of your thing, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. But when you have that sign in front of your farm that is clearly has the has the cutout like 
flood irrigation mm-hmm. like channels and yep. stuff. I'm just like, well, fuck you, dude. Exactly. Like you, you, you can you can help save the the water, but you're just like being selfish, you right. know? Yeah. And you're wait you're wasting it. So water is a valuable resource. Wars have been fought over water. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a it's the most essential resource that we have. Absolutely. We need to protect it. We need to keep it clean. We need to uh, have everyone needs to have access to it, and we need to conserve it. I agree. So there's there's no re- reason for people to be selfish or whatever. But it's like Colorado River goes through Colorado and then into like California. Mm-hmm. So you have all these like if you're a lawyer, you could make a career out of water law. Okay. Like just doing water, just. Like it's a crazy and think about water law has been around forever. It's like yeah. ancient. It's like uh, housing. Okay. Like housing law is like super complex and yeah, it, water law is like even more so. Wow. Like in um, it's just one of those things. There, there's a river in um, Europe that goes through like five or six countries or something. Holy smokes! And that one has been like wars have been fought over. And that it's one. probably because hey, you're dumping pollution well, into well, it's like the, the river. first one wants to like divert it and take all the water oh yeah and then the second one doesn't get you any water nothing right and they're like well fuck you we need that fucking water we're we need it we're gonna have to go to war over you if you don't give us some of that water it like, almost reminds me of there's this movie on netflix called the platform have you seen that no all right so basically give you just a quick um synopsis of the movie it's a movie based on uh, a prison system that involves levels and the levels are just stacked on top of each other Mm -hmm. and let's say there's like 300 levels now at the first level at the very top each there's a prisoner on each level i think there's two prisoners on a cell on each level and inside the middle of this cell there's a square that it's a square elevator that just goes straight down from the top to the bottom Mm -hmm. now level one this table is covered with food full of food right so it stops at that level every night or every day to feed the, the, the cell inmates. So level one, they eat the food, whatever. Now it goes down to level two. They eat their food down to level three. So basically what happens is if you only eat enough food for yourself, then boom, there'll be enough food to get all the way down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. But what happens is people just self-indulge that are at the top. They're like, oh, hey, we're at the top. We're going to eat all this food, blah, blah, blah. And then you get down to level 100 or down to level 60, and there's no more food left. So now the people below are all going to starve. Yeah. Now, the crazy thing about this is that every like six or seven days, they switch the inmates as to which cell or level that they're on. Yeah. So you may be on level seven today, but to, uh, next week, you could be on level 134. Yeah. So it's crazy. And some, sometimes people are like, you know, they feel as though they're entitled because they're on like level one. They'll piss on the food. As it's going down, uh, uh, yeah, mess up the table and stuff like that. Just destroy the food because they feel as though they're superior to the rest of the people below them. Yeah, even though they're going to be down there. Eventually. Yeah, one day, exact, eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of uh, Snowpiercer, kind of. How they have the different level. I think there's too many. There's a lot of. That's a recurring theme in movies. Levels, and, uh, a hierarchy and stuff. Yeah, just like a caste system. Oh yeah. Or a or a yeah, a hierarchy, a pyramid, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I could go on about movies. I don't. I don't want to get too deep into that. But 
But anyways, we've been actually talking for almost two hours. Shut up. Damn. Yeah. I was just about to ask you. If you don't count the break. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, if you if you count the break with it. All right. Well, so. this is, I feel like this is a good uh, intro to who I am. Um, yeah. Kind of let your, your listeners know who this, uh, this sidekick on the show is right now. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, you live so close. I'd be happy to have you in again. Hey, let's go for three. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm down because it's it's hard to get. Actually, uh, um, my dear friend Chris, my old friend Chris, is coming over next week, and I think we might be doing one too. So okay, but I'm trying to get more of them out. It's been God. It was like it took me like a couple months to get like the second one out. Yeah, <laughs> and now it took like me a down- month or two to get the third one out. But now I think I'm gonna. Yeah. Every day, at least every two weeks. Yeah. I enjoy you. doing it. I, Me too. I learned a lot about you. I had no idea that you Likewise. were uh, had family down and had spent any time in like a farm or Texas like setting. It, now that you say it, though, it doesn't surprise me. Like it makes a lot of sense. I see, it does because you don't really seem like too too city, you know. But I got city smarts, you know. So but you do seem a little city, a little bit, and that's yeah. the thing. I'm able to adapt to wherever I'm at. And it's just because of the exposure that I have. If I was all country, I would never have that city exposure and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. So. I'm glad you're not that the bubble boy that lives in the city. When I went to San Francisco State, that was one thing that – because I went right from the country, right into San Francisco State. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing I just really noticed where there were some of these kids that lived – they'd never been out of the city. Yeah. And they lived in this weird bubble mm-hmm. that uh, – they just had no like concept of the outside world. Yeah, like, most people I, don't even know how to drive. They live in the city. Yeah, just because they public transportation is just so much more convenient. You know, they don't really need a a car mm-hmm. or like Lorena's mom. I think didn't get a license until she was like twenty something years old. But I would I would uh I'd be in class and maybe I'd like write a report about fishing or something because I'm passionate about oh, it yeah, or whatever. Right. And people would give me these blank stare like. Like they had no idea what I was talking about, what's and they a, were amazed. What's a lake? And they and they were like, uh, you know, they're almost like all PETA members. Oh they yeah, were like, right? oh, you're torturing the fish you're and oh, all this stuff because because I was. Uh, they're like, well, do you eat the fish? And I was I like, catch it and I put you know, it the back. Ve- the vegetarians are in the back. Well, do you eat the fish? You know. <laughs> hey, I'm a vegetarian as well, but I don't like. I don't hate people for eating meat. Yeah, I just have a different yeah. you know outlook on what I I choose to eat. But they're always like, oh, you're, you're, you know, I could just see it in their face. They did, most of them didn't really say anything, but I could see it some in their face that they, they wanted to be like, you, why fish are you torturing killer. that fish? You fish killer. Fish are friends, yeah, not food. Like they, they didn't, <laughs> they, they, it's weird because they, I could tell I, I alienated some people. They didn't, oh, want, yeah. they didn't want to talk to me anymore after that. That, like, that fish killer. Yeah, that fucking <laughs> outdoorsman. <brother laughs> like, fuck is that? <laughs> but no, this was a, this was definitely an awesome, um, awesome podcast i felt like we we got to work on us both listening and Mm -hmm. allowing each other to talk and the fact that it was just the two of us really cut down on us being able to miss i I felt like before sometimes you miss your opportunity to talk and then the subject changes yeah but at least with just the two of us when i'm done talking then you are able to like say what you were thinking yeah as opposed to someone else stepping in and then they changing the subject and then you just you know don't get a chance to say what yeah you say. we did go off on a few tangents there it happened we did get slightly put a political for cut a the political stuff out we need to keep on track yeah but, we can cut but the no i think out. it was a uh, good practice last time we had you 
you were on last time. Yes. And uh, we just had a room full of people. Right. We actually had four people on mics and then two people sitting there watching as well. Spectators. That were like, that, you know, so there's a lot of distractions and a lot of people talking over each other or trying to butt in and get their opinion in. Right. So I think this is, this is perfect. I like this format. This is, this works. The, I like it. The two, I think two, maybe three or I think four is, is does get, it's just a different dynamic. Right. It, this, I enjoy the four as well, but the, I, I enjoyed this just because it was one-on-one here. Yeah. I prefer the coupe over the sedan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like that. Good way to put it. Or coupe. So, um, thank you for coming in again, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Please come back again. Absolutely. Love to have you. Um, not next weekend, but you're any time after that. All right, I'm and off next weekend, but uh, yeah, we can. We'll just see what ha- what happens in the future. Yeah, and then um, yeah, we should go fishing sometime. Too. Heck yeah. Ooh, we should bring our mics with us while we go fish. Yeah, that'll be cool. We could do a podcast of on the water. I've been. I don't know. That's too much work. <laughs> Who knows? I, I used to do. I had. A, I have a, a fishing. You guys can check it out. I used to have a show on YouTube called uh, "We Suck at Fishing," and um, until you got, I good. haven't done it in a very long time. I haven't made an episode. It's pretty much died now. But uh, it was. I kind of stopped doing it because it was so much effort that I lost track of the fishing. Yeah, I, I just wanted to. I just wanted the silence and the being in nature and to be. What if know, we set the, up a tripod or something like that, to where it just you know recorded us fishing, uh, and then we, we had well, just mics. We could figure something out. We'll work something out. But I'd like to go fishing or maybe shooting. We can go shooting sometime. All right, that works too. Um, damn, dude, ammo is. I nah, can't get any right ammo. Now. I can't not, get no ammo right, right now, now, bro. Fishing. I got plenty of fishing supplies. All right, cool. All yeah, right, we can cool. go fishing sometime. <laughs> but uh. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do it sometime. Okay. And uh, if not, we'll do some more podcasts. Absolutely. Oh, we didn't even talk about the... That's for the next one. The uh, Yeah. We'll talk, top secret. We'll talk about... Uh, I, we got other topics we're going to talk about. So. That means more content from new episodes. Yeah. Well, actually, if we if we do it in two weeks, that would be a good checkup on what we're going to talk about. Well, okay. well, I won't go. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming by, Brandon. Until next time. Yeah. Until next time, Snowball Effect. Thank you for listening to The Snowball Effect and for all the support. Next episode, we have Chris and Megan back for another dinner party episode. Please follow us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and iTunes. Have a good one.